On today's Fantasy Baseball in 15, we'll look at a flurry of upcoming Yankees moves and roster dilemmas for the week ahead. Like death and taxes, Dodger's been a Dodger. <laughs> I have That's not had uh, three co-brews uh, yet. It works great in a fantasy league. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15 on The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15, presented by Tops. Check out Tops Project 70, celebrating 70 years of Tops baseball cards. I'm Al Melchior, here with Derek Van Riper on Monday, August 16th. In DVR, it's a Yankees-heavy news and notes segment. Let's get right to it. A couple of members of the Yankees rotation going to uh, get back in the rotation after being on the COVID IL. Garrett Cole tabbed to start on Monday against the Angels. Jordan Montgomery going to start as part of the doubleheader against the Red Sox on Tuesday. Luis Severino looked like he maybe was going to be a part of the rotation mix. Uh, sometime this week, but uh, he's going to have an MRI on Monday. He's had a setback, has some tightness in his shoulder, so uh, no timetable once again for Luis Severino. Aroldis Chapman could be back in the closer's chair very, very soon. He long tossed on both Saturday and Sunday, could be activated as soon as Monday. And just one final note here from the Yankees, Gary Sanchez, who is also on the COVID IL, he could return as soon as Tuesday this week. You Darvish, he has been struggling recently, uh, then more recently than that, dealing with some back issues. He has been placed on the IL by the Padres. And in some good Padres news, Fernando Tatis Jr. making his first career start in the outfield, starting in right field on Sunday, going four for five with a couple of homers and a double. So a lot to like about that right there. Francisco Lindor could return as soon as week after this one. Uh, so uh, hopefully... We'll see him back with the Mets very, very soon. Adalberto Mondesi, another setback for him, feeling tightness in his oblique. He'll be evaluated by team doctors. No discussion yet in the Royals organization about shutting Mondesi down for the season. Anything actionable here, DVR? I think we're late enough in the season now when you have a setback the way Mondesi has and plenty of other players have had in recent weeks. You can more easily let that player go because we're talking about six weeks, right? So Two more weeks to get back, if it's not longer, is a third of what's left of the season. And injury optimism this time of year, especially for any player who's on a team that doesn't have anything to play for this year, is a very dangerous thing to have. So you're going to see some really good players popping up on the waiver wire, injured players, that is, mm-hmm. over these next few weeks. And I think Mondesi is probably going to be among them for a lot of people because this injury just doesn't seem to want to go away. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's uh, been a frustrating season for sure for him and uh, for people counting on him this year. Uh, Nick Senzel was activated off the IL, but then the Reds sent him down to AAA Louisville. So uh, there won't be a roster crunch created by Senzel, at least uh, in the short term there. And the Red Sox claiming Travis Shaw off waivers from the Brewers. Uh, kind of a strange situation there, DVR. First of all, we don't know when exactly Shaw might start playing with the Red Sox. We don't know what the role is. Uh, seems like there's a number of players there though who maybe could stand to lose playing time. Those obvious would be Bobby Dalbeck, but also occurs to me that maybe we see uh, some outfielders get squeezed for playing time, and Jared Duran would be, I think, the most obvious one there. Uh, do you have any concerns for for anybody currently on the roster and and them losing playing time? No, I think you nailed it. I mean, I think with 
Shaw being a lefty and Dahlbeck being a righty, they could go to a straight platoon at first base. So I think Dahlbeck would lose the most, but I think Duran's already in just a little bit of danger because the outfield became more crowded when Kyle Schwarber was activated from the IL just a few days ago. Yeah, and, and where that factors in too is that uh, Schwarber, uh, they don't really need him at first base at this point. So uh, that uh, definitely crowds things up in the outfield DH situation. A couple of closers notes here. Uh, Joe Barlow getting his second save of the weekend against Oakland. Uh, is it time to go uh, try and pick him up, DVR? Uh, both the, I mean, the situation in Texas, uh, not sure how many save opportunities are going to be there. Not sure. If this is a signal that this is Barlow's job, how are you reading this whole situation? As this one was pretty wide open. I think when we asked Levi Weaver, who covers the Rangers for the Athletic, who's going to close after Ian Kennedy gets traded at the deadline, he listed off a bunch of names, and Joe Barlow wasn't even among them because I don't think he was even on the roster at the time that we asked the question. So I think it's pretty wide open, but uh, this is a bad team. They're not going to win that much. It's kind of like the Pirates or the Marlins where – even if Barlow's the primary source of saves, we could be talking about four to six saves for the rest of the season. Uh, I think he's kind of interesting. He's a three-pitch reliever. You know, The numbers overall have been good both at AAA and in the big leagues so far. So I do think skills-wise, he's worth taking a chance on, but it'd be a pretty small bid for me. It has to be at least a 12-team league, I think, for me to go ahead and say, like, yeah, sure, pick him up and, and try to squeeze a few saves out of him the rest of the way. All right. Well, if you had a choice, uh, let's say uh, Barlow's out there, but also Michael Givens, who got a save on Sunday at Philadelphia, uh, who would you prefer? Because obviously that red situation has been really crowded, really fluid, but Givens lately seems to have the upper hand. Yeah, I think I'd go Joe Barlow over Givens just because I think the Reds, ever since they traded Rysel Iglesias, have been pointed more toward a two to three person committee than just about any other team in the league. So I think there's a better chance that Barlow gets you the half dozen saves you want. Whereas Givens, I think, will be used in all sorts of high leverage spots. He'll probably get you two, at least. He's more likely to get you the safe floor. But I'd I'd rather go for the ceiling at this point in most situations. So I'd choose Joe Barlow. Let's take a look at some of the more uh, interesting performances from Sunday. There were really quite a few, particularly uh, among pitchers. Tristan McKenzie, I mean, he's been trending very steadily towards being a very reliable fantasy option, really cemented that on Sunday at Detroit. Eight innings, uh, nearly a no-hitter for him, just giving up one hit, no runs, no walks, 11 strikeouts, just a dominant performance. Uh, Are you totally bought in at this point on Tristan McKenzie? I mean, I'm trending back that way. I liked him coming into the season, and I suffered through a pretty rough first half and had to cut him when he got sent down in a lot of leagues. So I'm not reaping the benefits with a player that I liked quite a bit coming into the year. Uh, Plenty to like here with McKenzie, though, right now. Even though it was against the Tigers, a lot of swinging strikes in that outing. And I think the command is gradually improving this season as well. That was part of the problem earlier in the year. He couldn't locate the fastball very consistently. He's done a much better job of that recently. So I'd probably look at him as a fringy, like top 50-ish sort of starter the rest of the way. Yeah, but the overall trends here are good. A lot of his best starts are clustered up here in the last six outings or so. Yeah, that's for sure. And uh, with the walks really on the decline, great thing to see from McKenzie. And Eliezer Hernandez uh, first start off of the IL on Sunday against the Cubs. So a bit of a soft landing for him, but He nailed it. Uh, You have to give him credit for that. Five and a third innings, just one run allowed on four hits and a walk, four strikeouts to his credit. Um, Reed Detmers 
Also a very nice start for him. First one, really, you could say that's a really good, impressive start out of his first three career starts for the Angels. Six innings for him, just one run on three hits, couple of walks, six strikeouts. And let's toss one more starter here. Uh, Nestor Cortez. It is the year of the Nandos. We keep uh, reminding everybody. (laughs) So we should have seen this coming with Nestor Cortez. Another good start for him against the White Sox this time. One run over six innings, seven hits, one walk, seven Ks. So Hernandez, Detmers, Cortez, where should they be starting in fantasy at this point? I mean, Hernandez almost everywhere. He was pitching really well before he got hurt. He's not coming back from an elbow or shoulder injury. Um, So I'm in. I think the next start is going to be a more difficult matchup than the Cubs. The current iteration of the Cubs is brutal. But there's a pretty big gap for me between Hernandez and then Cortez. Detmers of this group probably has the most long-term ceiling. We're talking about dynasty and keeper leagues, and he's already rostered in most of those. I think you can pick your spots, though, with Detmers. Those first two starts, as rough as they were, are not indicative of what he's likely to do. He was one of the more polished pitching prospects in the draft last year. So it would not surprise me to see him have a little bit of success here down the stretch. He was completely dominant at double A earlier this season. So if he pitched to like a four ERA and a 125 whip with a strikeout per inning the rest of the way, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Yeah, they'll play in a lot of leagues. And and the thing is, too, that Detmers has had some tough matchups to start his major league career, including this most recent one against the Astros. So definitely too early to uh, discount it based on the first couple of starts that he had. Let's talk about one other pitcher because, uh, you know, we've seen a succession of pitchers, DVR, really succeed over an extended period, uh, and, and yet we've not been able to figure out why. Very early in the year, we saw Jose Arana, more recently Willie Peralta. Let's talk about a, a non-Tiger here. Jay Happ, since coming to the Cardinals, good results, but not great ratios. And that uh, that uh, trend continued in his Sunday start in Kansas City, five and two-thirds, scoreless ball, Five hits allowed, but two strikeouts, two walks. So you can't get too excited about those ratios. Uh, but that's been kind of the MO for Hap. Is there anything that you see here uh, in terms of what he's done with the Cardinals that looks different and markedly better? Not really. Not at a glance, at least. So I think really it's just being in a pitcher-friendly environment for home starts. I think he's a very matchup-dependent starter at this point in his career and at this point in the season. All right, let's talk about a few hitters here. Victor Robles. we got to talk about Victor Robles anytime uh, you're on the program. And there's something to talk about. Robles, two for five with his 21st double. And now 11 for his last 33 with a total of five doubles. But no steals over that stretch. Uh, are you encouraged by this? Somewhat. I just wanted to play well enough to have a starting job going into 2022 so I can draft him everywhere to discount and probably be wrong about him again. <laughs> All right. Something to look forward to, I guess. Uh, DJ Peters with a two-homer game on Sunday against Oakland. That's now four on the season. Playing regularly now for the Rangers. Again, you can qualify that however you want, but he is getting the playing time. He is hitting lately in the middle of that order. And uh, the power is not totally unexpected based on what he did in the minors. So anything to see here in mixed leagues? Probably not in mixed leagues. Maybe in like a packed week, you could stream if you've already sort of lost the batting average category or if you've got so much cushion you can afford to take the hit because I think the swing and miss in his profile will always be there, even if he figures it out at the big league level. All right. One last hitter here, Nelson Cruz. 0 for 5 with a couple of strikeouts against the Twins. Uh, I guess a revenge game that didn't go well for Nelson Cruz. Uh, Since joining Tampa Bay, a 182 average is uh, hitting for power. He's got five home runs over 83 plate appearances, striking out a bit more than normal. Uh, 
is there any reason to bench him even in shallow leagues or just uh, let him ride it out? No, nah, I think you let him ride it out. And we know Nelson Cruz, he can go red hot when things are going well. So I, I'd really be hesitant to sit him down because you could miss out on a huge week of production. All right. Yeah, I think that is good advice. Let's take a look at a few streaming possibilities for Monday's slate. Um, Jake Odorizzi and Carlos Hernandez facing off against each other. Uh, Astros Royals. We've got Tuki Toussaint at Miami. So good matchup uh, for a pitcher who's been pretty inconsistent. Jose Suarez with a tough matchup at the Yankees. Uh, Griffin Jacks coming off of uh, a really surprisingly good start gets Cleveland. So pretty decent matchup there. So let's recap here. Odorizzi, Hernandez, Toussaint, Suarez, Jacks, anybody to stream here. Yeah, I like Odorizzi and Tukey probably the most. I think if I had to pick a third, given the matchups, Griffin Jacks would get the edge over Carlos Hernandez. Hernandez is a great start later on in the week during the weekend that you're definitely going to want to use him for that. Um, Suarez is basically untouchable as a streamer for me, given that road matchup against the Yankees. All right. Yeah. And Griffin Jack's also the best name out of that group, I would say. Although you could go with Odorizzi. I mean, Tuki Toussaint's not a bad name either. <laughs> That's true. All right. Well, let's wrap up here, taking a look at some start-sit dilemmas, uh, looking ahead for setting our lineups here. A few players with uh, dealing with some injuries. George Springer with an ankle injury. Jesse Winker. Uh, with an intercostal injury. Reese Hoskins has been out with a groin injury, but could be activated in the early part of the week. So is there anybody here you would sit among Springer, Winker, or Hoskins? I think Winker, because it's a recurring problem for him, I might be more inclined to sit him. Hoskins is probably back in. Springer, I think because they said he had a good day on Sunday, I'm more inclined to play him than not, unless I've got a really good fallback option. So Kind of a mixed bag, as it always is from that group for me. And then just a few pitchers uh, to think about here. Uh, Luis Heal and Huascar Inoa look like that. Uh, they might have two start weeks, but both now line up for just one start. Uh, we've got Heal against the Red Sox, Inoa at Miami. Uh, are they good for just the one start? I would hold off on Heal if possible, but I'm definitely in on Inoa because I love picking on the Marlins right now. All right. And then a couple of two-star possibilities. Well, we talked about Jake Odorizzi as a single start streamer against Kansas City. He gets the Mariners, but he gets them uh, on the road where they're a little bit tougher. We got Vladimir Gutierrez with two unquestionably great matchups versus Chicago versus Miami. So Odorizzi, Gutierrez, any reason not to start them with those two starts? Got to play them. And Gutierrez has probably the two easiest matchups you could have in the same week right now. He gets the Marlins again next week on the road, too. All right, so not necessarily a pitch and ditch situation there for uh, Gutierrez. So thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Uh, if you do have an opportunity to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast, we thank you so much for doing so. So for Derek Van Riper, I'm Al Melchior, and we'll be right back here on Tuesday. <laughs>